looks good and sounds good as you guys chat among yourselves. I love it. I love being in our house for sure when we gather together on the weekends and any other time. Uh, it's good to be with you. Um, really um, count a privilege to be a part of uh, this team and a part of this church and this family and an opportunity to share with you something like Natalie said. I was kind of a little bit nervous. I've never, um, as, as all of you are, we're on a journey, right? Um, we navigate through this life from uh, start to finish. And uh, um, I've never really taken time to put down uh, on paper, if you will, and then as well from that, uh, share it with anybody other than uh, maybe Vicki and, and my kids or whatever. And so tonight uh, is going to be something that... Um, I think I'm a little apprehensive, nervous feeling, if you will, just given the nature of how it has caused change in my life uh, when, I, when I am about to share with you this evening. And I'm excited about it as well. I really am. And uh, I just want to take a few minutes uh, at the outset before we get into God's Word and before we get into what I want to share with you to talk about something uh, that I do here other than get up and, and preach the Word and and uh, do all of those things that are kind of pastoral. One of the things I'm responsible for uh, here in the church is our local and our global outreach, right? You're aware of that. Many of you have been on mission trips uh, with me and, and experienced uh, me at my finest <laughs> overseas. <laughs> we'll just leave it at that. But anyway, uh, one of the things that we really want to do that um, uh, is, is vital for the life of this church this, this part of the body of the church, is our local outreach. And many of you are familiar with, if you've been here for a few years, uh, familiar that we had uh, back in 2015 when Vicki and I arrived here on staff, uh, an outreach with the Fredericton Community Kitchen, and we did volunteering making school lunches. How many of you remember that and were a part of that? Thank you for doing that. Um, Around 2017, they began to make moves to hire on somebody full-time to be the program director for that. And then, of course, with them hiring that full-time, that changed their hours from uh, a weekend through part of a week to an all-weekday uh, thing, Monday through Friday, the work week, right? And so what that did for us as a church in volunteering, that kind of... Um, moved out of our reach an opportunity to serve because what we would do is we would go Sunday afternoons after the services were done here for the weekend and we would make lunches. But uh, when they moved it to a Monday to Friday thing, um, most of us work during those hours that they were uh, having the lunches being made. It was, um, I don't know, somewhere around 9 a.m. to noon or something like that. And for the majority of those folks that were volunteering, that would kind of crowd in on their work time. And so uh, we just agreed uh, together and we, we, um, we left that opportunity uh, to more people who are able to make that happen. We left on a great note. Uh, they were sorry to see us go. They still speak about it. Uh, when are you coming back? Are you able to do anything for us during the week? They're they uh, great people and we had a great relationship with them. So what that did is that kicked into gear uh, us searching for an opportunity to reach out into our community again where we could maximize the most of our people on the weekends when maybe they weren't necessarily tied up in work and we have found one. 
And if you have seen the little table out in the uh, lobby, you know that it has to do with Greener Village. How many of you are familiar with Greener Village? Okay, it's the Fredericton Food Bank, one of the things that we have available to us uh, to get involved with. And uh, in talking with their executive director and uh, their people over there, we found out that they were going to move into opening up an opportunity for volunteers to come in and serve on the weekends as well as throughout the week. They'll continue to do that uh, with those folks. And so um, I had a, a great chance to sit down and kind of put together and strategize with their executive director uh, an opportunity for us. And here's what it is. We have an opportunity on Saturdays between the hours of 10 a.m. and 3 p.m. to go over there and to sort through clothing donations and home item donations that come in to get them ready for uh, resale or to give out to people who are making use of their services in the unique boutique. It's kind of their store that they have available there. It is a great place to be. If you've not been there, I want to encourage you to go over there. Anyway, what we've done is we have made it available for you folks now to sign up for, we have two shifts available on Saturday, and they're two and a half hours long, about the same time that we used uh, our time with over at the community kitchen. And so they are 10 a.m. to 12.30 p.m., and then the second crew would come in and start at 12.30 p.m. and go to 3 p.m. And so we can either hit the late morning or the early afternoon, whatever works for any and all of you. And I've had a number of folks ask me uh, over the last year and a half, a uh, couple years, you know, when are we going to be able to get back into doing something like that? Well, here's your chance. So we've got a sign up out there with the schedules. The dates are only Saturdays. If you look through them, you'll see February 16th is our first Saturday that we're going to be doing it. And we have put every Saturday on the sign up sheets out there through the end of June. And that's just kind of going to be our test to see how it works out. So from uh, the middle of February through the end of June, we'll see how this all works out, this partnership with them, and a chance to impact our local community. Is that good? You okay with that? I'm excited. You okay with that? Hoorah. All right, I can, I can associate with that. Anyway, it is, it's an opportunity for you folks to pour into your community and to volunteer and to make an impact in the lives of people that you may never meet or you might meet them. You never know. But uh, it's going to be a great time getting together, working together with each other. Uh, you might be working with people you may have no idea who they are, but they go to this church together, and it's a chance to develop some new friendships and uh, community with each other, okay? Vicki and I are going to be leading the first, we're going to be the team leaders for the first uh, Saturday over there, so uh, sign up. We'll get you all trained, but just an FYI, on Thursday nights from 6 to 8 p.m., they'd be willing to train people, I've heard got good good intel on that so uh, if you'd like to go over there on Thursday nights between now and the 16th which is I think only two um, you could uh, spend six o'clock to eight o'clock p.m. learning how to do that and uh, we'll be there as well okay all right well thanks for being a part of it thanks for signing up I'll be out at the table after the service and you can ask me all the questions that you need to know okay all right we're going to be in the book of Matthew, chapter 11. If you want to uh, pull out your Bible, if that's what you have, or if you have uh, maybe some sort of electronic device that has a Bible app on it, we're going to be in Matthew, chapter 11. Specifically, we're going to take apart, um, well, not take apart, but we're going to dig into verses 28 through 30, uh, where Jesus is talking to uh, John the Baptist's disciples and other people that are uh, around him concerning some things that deal with change. 
and not just deal with change, but how we think. In fact, changing our thinking. And these are some of the things that we're going to dive into this evening. And, and uh, I have um, categorized myself and placed myself into the arena with people who aren't necessarily cool with change, but I'm one of those that even though I may not be completely cool with it, I can roll with it. I can roll with it, fake it till I make it, right? You know, and things like that. But I can make that How many of you guys like change? How many of you like solid consistency, don't change? Guess what? God's about change, so he's about to rock your world. Anyway, just wanted to let you know that. Um, but uh, there was a statement that was, or a phrase, or, or whatever you want to tag it as, made a few years ago, and this is it. The only thing constant is change. Anybody know who said that? Nope. Wasn't Dave Rowe. Any philosophy junkies out there tonight? Mm, no. He said it first, 100%? Okay. Well, let's go back to the Greek, the ancient Greek. And uh, the one who is kind of given the claim to fame, along with our Roman buddy over there in Latin, was this guy named Heraclitus. And he was a Greek philosopher. I even think I said it close to being right in pronouncing his name. How'd I do? Heraclitus? I'm almost bilingual in Greek and English. Maybe not. Anyway, but we'll just leave it at that. But anyway, Heraclitus, he was one of the most significant Western thinkers uh, to have lived before Socrates and Plato and Aristotle and all of those guys that came along. And change is one of the most frightening things for many of us uh, that we face in life. Can I get an agreement on that? It is frightening. It's also hilarious at times, too, and fun. But mostly it is frightening, for sure. And uh, I, am in, you know, I am in that arena when it comes to being frightened about some of those things when we face it in life. And yet, all of us encounter it every day. There are things that come about us that bring about change. Basic, lame one, you pull up to a red stoplight, you know, hopefully, it's going to change to green, yeah. If it's red, it doesn't go to yellow, okay? I don't know who said that. Anyway, uh, do you drive much? I'm just, just checking, just wondering. Anyway, uh, but yeah, you know that's gonna happen. The weather changes from one minute to the next, it seems like. Did I ever tell you that I love winter? Do you want me to take a few minutes and tell you about how much I love winter? Did you know that I love winter so much that next Saturday, anybody that wants to go can sign up at the Hello Desk, and we're gonna climb Mount Chase down in Maine on snowshoes. It's gonna be awesome, and I've been told that the snow is somewhere around here in depth on the top of the mountain. So I'm just letting you know, if you wanna go, I'd love to have you come. Weather will change in a moment, so you experiencing that. Uh, some of you may be thinking, man, I wish we'd experience some change in pastoral staff and get this guy off the stage talking about winter. <laughs> Not a chance. Anyway, but we'll leave it at that. Everything that uh, is created in creation will change naturally. It will. Eventually, it will change. In other words, the power to change is in everything that God created. It's there. 
in how we listen, we can change how we listen, right? In how we think, in how we learn. And tonight I'm going to be talking to you about learning how to unlearn, so that, um, learning to unlearn. And so I'm just letting you know that that has just kind of changed my whole life uh, when, when I begin to think about what is behind that. And as I was working through this, I went back over last week and listened to Pastor Jamie's sermon. And last week he shared with us that um, his circumstances had changed a little bit. For those of you that were here in any of the services last week, you heard him say that. He told us when things in our lives change, whether for good or bad, sometimes we have to change how we listen to God. Right? Do you remember that? And along with that, how we speak to God. And then he went on to say that sometimes change is dependent of where we are in life. And I was like, man, I really can connect with that. Uh, it is dependent on where I am in life. And for Pastor Jamie, he had to change and pray differently and had to listen to God differently for some things over the last few weeks. As he's moved into that role of just kind of filling in for Pastor Mark while Mark's away uh, from here and just kind of connecting with uh, God and, and recouping and, and re-energizing himself. And so we're thankful that Jamie has begun to listen differently and to think differently and to converse with God differently, albeit ever so little, uh, it is happening. And when I say that ever so little, Jamie's definitely a strong man of God and it is incredible to work with someone of that caliber and we are privileged to have him on our staff here. And so yes, definitely uh, for that. So we're very grateful for that. But many of us, I think we find ourselves uh, to have been taught certain things by people about who God is and what he's like. And here is the part that I have been navigating through and trying to um, kind of understand more deeply my walk with Christ and, and the one who made me, understanding how he works in this world and why all this is happening and what we're going through when, it call, when we call uh, this journey life that we experience. And so many of us been, have been taught certain things about who he is, what he's like, or how we have to live to make it, it might be a certain way to live to make it to heaven. That right there starts to burn inside me and infuriate me just a little bit when I begin to think about it. Because people seem to think that there's a certain specific way that we have to be before we can experience what it is to understand from this life into the next life with God for eternity. Don't get nervous. I'm not preaching heresy, I promise. It's just things that God is working in my life on, and I'm so loving it and terrified of it as well in the same thing. And so what I want to do tonight is just share with you uh, about some of the journey that God has me on and that he's teaching me to not be afraid to think differently about him and about the Bible and about following Jesus with my whole heart and my whole life. Just kind of let that wash over in your brain for a little bit. Your whole heart and your whole life. I'm one of those guys that struggles with giving up some things. And uh, 
you know, I find it very difficult, but I am learning to unlearn some of those things as well so that I can commit into that whole heart and whole life of living for him. And as we all experience changes in our individual lives, and every one of us, they're going to be different, but they're going to be the same in some respects as well. And as the world around us continues to change, we need a place that we can go to to find hope in God. I was listening to a testimony by an individual just recently, and I actually re-listened to it again this morning. And this guy was, was on a path that was a good path. Um, he was ministering and working in a church and uh, really was good. And then all of a sudden, he got rocked by something in his life, and his life changed. And for five years, it removed him from just that whole place that he had been in. But he was interviewed, and, and he was at a point where he was back. And this is the, the, the comment that he made in that interview that just kind of hit me between the eyes, and I was like, yes, I get this. And this is what he said. Better to struggle in the house, this house, our house, where there's hope and there's help then out there the world which he was referencing where you've got nothing and so he had experienced the change and the hope and the help that God could give him in the house that he was a part of kind of like our house here at Crosspoint right and I can't think of a better place uh, to struggle through difficult times and to find hope and help than right here with each other. I wouldn't want to do it without you. I really wouldn't. And I'm so grateful to be a part of this family and to be a part of what we're doing. And so with that in mind, the truth is there is one thing that never changes and that one thing that is eternal. The Bible tells us of the God that never changes. Okay? The Bible tells us that God never changes. Is there anything unchanging that we can hold on to in this world? Albeit temporary, if you think of it, is there any one thing that we can? To find true stability or permanence in this world, we have to look way beyond the created order to the very creator of all of it to find out what it is. And... With that in mind, the Bible tells us that God is unchanging. And God will never cease to exist. And before I go any further with this, I want to share with you the scripture verses in Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30. And I just want you to hear uh, what Jesus is sharing with John the Baptist's disciples and then to people around him. And if you go back before and kind of take a look at the verses ahead of these ones, you can kind of picture the, uh, the place and the images that are happening in his life. And here's what it says. Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me. This is Jesus talking. Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. 
Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. And then I want you to hook into this next sentence, this thing that just blew my mind. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. Now, at that point, the world had not seen that amazing grace that occurred on the cross, right? Because Jesus is sharing it, but he knew it was coming. And he said, learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you, he said. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. And so we struggle with change in our lives, and it's frightening. But man, I'll tell you, when you see this, and you hear it, and you hear it with your whole heart, and you experience it in your life, it can just totally revolutionize how you think and change and maybe even help you to learn to unlearn the things that are in there that go up against this. And so that's where I am with this. But the beautiful part that we hear about knowing that God doesn't change is shared with us throughout the whole scripture. In Malachi chapter 3, it says, I am the Lord and I do not change. It's pretty clear. And then it goes on, James tells us, he said that our God is the Father of lights with whom there is no variation. If there's variations, then that to me speaks of change, right? But no change, no variation, James tells us. The writer of Hebrews said that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, help me, today, and forever. Good. And God is unchanging in his being and in his perfections and in his purposes. Don't forget that. Because God never changes, his word never changes. All that he said about himself, it remains true forever. You can take it to the bank. There are some things you and I should never change. There are things that should remain permanent and I've heard them called God's eternal principles. And here's a list of them, just a few of them. God does not cause evil. You can find that in Luke chapter 11 and James chapter 1. You hear a lot of things about how God is this and why does he do this and why does he allow this and all the evil and everything. Listen, God doesn't cause evil. He cannot tell a lie. We find that in Hebrews. And all that he does is righteous. Revelation chapter 16 is full of that. All that he does is righteous. The only reason he cannot sin, that's one thing for sure that we have to be aware of. God cannot sin. The only reason he cannot sin is because sin simply doesn't apply to him. It just, it was never there with him. Sin is basically the falling short of God's perfect love and that separation that keeps us away from him. And if God's about perfect love, how can, you know, how can sin apply to him if it separates him from perfect love? God is perfect love. We find that uh, in there. And since his personification of love in 1 John, like we heard from the Presbyter uh, series that we had, and love works only to the good, we find that in 1 Corinthians 13, it is his very nature to do only that which is good. And so as God has been helping me to learn how to unlearn some of these things, 
I understand that his nature is only to do that which is good in my life. And so with that, I've been experiencing throughout my life a shift in things that I once believed were a certain way. And I believe it was because of how maybe I was taught. And now I see those things differently and think about them differently. And as I've grown older, and of course, Natalie has testified to the fact, much wiser. You heard it from her mouth. But as I've grown older and encountered things in this life, I've changed my viewpoint on who God is and what he is doing for me and the world today, the entire world and everyone that is drawing breath on the face of this planet today. Everybody. Some of the things I thought about God are not what I think about him today. Things that I now see with a different lens. I look at it differently. Sometimes that lens has been changed and refocused or completely taken off and put on with new because of people who have impacted me in my life. And I believe wholeheartedly that God uses those people to help us dial in and to get a clearer picture of things. And I want to be made aware through that different lens now of how he sees the world around me versus what society dictates how I should see it. And of late, I've been listening to a lot of that rhetoric in any form. And it's being driven and dictated by society and how we should see things and understand things and learn things. There are people that we encounter every day, and this is the difficult part of what I want to share with you tonight. There are people that I encounter every day who are looked down on and judged for how they're living or what they identify with or as or whatever it is. People without blank, and you can fill in the blank, people without whatever it is. And there's a battle going on in these spaces of my heart and my mind. And I want to step out of those spaces into how God views those people. Not how society views them, but how God views them. Because if we forget, let me remind you, that God sees the heart. Man sees the exterior. Right? And so I want to be able to see how God views those people. Remember, God never changes. And so I want to stop right here and just tell you don't panic. I haven't lost my way. I've not turned my back on God or His Word or anything like that. There are things that I still hold as solid teaching, for sure. Those are a constant source of good news. Some of you may know. You don't, you're about to. A few weeks ago, Vicki and I had the privilege, along with our daughter and a boatload of other people from all over the Wesleyan denomination, to go to a conference in Florida uh, called The Gathering. It happens every four years. And we had the privilege of going and sitting in some seminars and workshops, and, and especially the five main sessions that were um, 
given over the course of three or four days. And I can tell you this, that the things that I heard resonated with some of the things, with most of the things that God has been speaking to me on as I go across this city and around the world encountering people. And also hearing how people look at those people or encounter them themselves and then express it back either to whoever they're with or with to me. And in those, especially the general sessions, man, it just began to break me apart, I guess, is what I would say. And with that in mind, um, what this did is it really began to reaffirm that how I've been thinking and uh, learning things needs to change. And it did change. And so what it has done is it has made me more passionate for sharing the good news of this incredible rhythm of grace that God has given us to everyone, because there's nobody that is undeserving of that. Everybody can experience it in some form or other. And it's really good news. It really is. It's not cheap good news. It's really good news. It's not fake news. It's really good news. It really is. And so with that in mind, don't be afraid of change that can happen in your lives, especially when God brings about that change in your thinking to help you navigate learning to unlearn some of the things that are keeping you back. Don't be afraid to change in how you believe from what we were taught about God and Jesus. I want you to understand that I'm learning this. And I'm learning them from God himself. He's the one who is helping me make this happen. And I trust him implicitly. Pastor Jamie referred to the fact that he had to listen to God a little differently from, for some different things, right? And then for all of us to have conversations with God and then to give God time to respond to the things that we're conversing with him on. I have to tell you, I am usually not quick to give anybody a chance to respond, including God. Because I like what I have to say versus what I need to hear, maybe. And so, some of the, I, I would share, you might be saying, well, what are those things? You've been saying things a lot tonight. I'd love to share them with you, maybe on a more intimate one-on-one -on -one or around a coffee table. Because I really want to capture the, I want you to capture the essence of what this is all about when it comes to encountering people with the one true God the one that can change their lives like he's changed mine. When you're standing in front of people and you get that tingle, it really is hard to move on, you know? Let me just tell you this. Don't be afraid to have those conversations with God. He can handle anything that we want to talk to him about. Anything. Our learning, my learning, of the things of God changes 
when we do this, when I do this. And when we find that it's okay to unlearn some of these things, what we're confused about maybe about God, he doesn't want us to be confused. The guy that was giving the account in the book of Matthew was a tax collector. If you know anything about the tax collectors of that day, they probably weren't the most favorite people. They probably weren't the most liked. Probably they didn't have a lot of friends. I don't know. I'm sure that they didn't have a lot of friends in the religious sector. They were looked down on. But Matthew is a tax collector who was giving this account, and he was accepted by Jesus before he belonged. Did you capture that? He was accepted before, before he belonged. Jesus didn't say you've got to do all these things before you belong or you, your change happens to him. And because of that encounter that he was having, Matthew, I, I'm not saying he did think this, but I think in there with the message was you don't have to jump through all these hoops before you're accepted by me. jump forward to 2019 and consider that with people that we encounter every day. We need to learn things, but also be willing to unlearn things and not to be anxious for how or when these things come across our radar screen. You can be sure that God's not stressed about it. And I just want to share that with you. I've been reminded while on this journey that rather than get sidetracked on some of the stuff that I talked about, I need to focus instead on what the cross has taught me. I heard that from a very wise young lady who said that I was quite wise. <laughs> and I love that when you think about it. We need to be focusing more on what the cross has taught us. I can have conversations with people and we would probably be divided on many things, but God's word is truth. And this is for the strengthening of the church, not me throwing it all out the window. It's for the strengthening of the church and you and I can trust in that truth. And in Proverbs chapter 3, verses 4, 5, and 6, there's just a solid yes in this about knowing that we can trust in the truth and we can trust in the one who helps us navigate through this life and we can come to him to have him help us to learn to unlearn some of the things that are getting us distracted on what is really out there let me share it with you earn a reputation for living well in god's eyes in the eyes of people trust god from the bottom of your heart. I think that's part of what I was saying about my whole heart. From the bottom of my heart. Don't try to figure out everything on my own, on your own. Listen for God's voice in everything you do. Listen. Give him time to respond in everything you do. 
and in every encounter that you have with every person. He deserves that of us, and they deserve that of us. Listen for God's voice in everything you do, everywhere you go. He's the one who will keep you on track. And so I say all of that to say this. Man, I want to love people, and I want them to know that they can experience God. They don't have to jump through any hoops. They just have to see Jesus and hear Jesus through me. And so that's my challenge to you, is to do that.